0: Mutual aid is cooperation for the sake of the common good. It's getting people to come together to meet each other's needs, recognizing that as humans, our survival is dependent on one another.
1: Hello, and welcome to Small Black Birds. I'm AJ. As a country, we have been so indoctrinated with the idea that policing and caging people stops crime, that it's difficult to imagine anything other than the police state. But if reducing harm is achieved by arming police with military-grade weapons and handing out long prison sentences, something America has been doing for decades, why don't we have the safest society? The hefty price tag of the prison state, combined with the collateral damage done to inmates, their families, and communities, have prompted prison industrial complex or PIC abolitionists like Miriam Kaba to call for a different approach. Rather than trying to fix the current broken system that has proven ineffective at preventing or reducing crime across society as a whole and causes so much pain and suffering at the individual level, Kaba and other abolitionists say that there is a better way. And that way starts with mutual aid.
0: Mutual aid is when people get together to meet each other's basic survival needs with a shared understanding that the systems we live under are not going to meet our needs and we can do it together right now. Mutual aid projects are a form of political participation in which people take responsibility for caring for one another and changing political conditions, not just through symbolic acts or putting pressure on their representatives in government, but by actually building new social relations that are more survivable.
1: PIC abolitionists offer a vision for a different society, built on cooperation instead of individualism, and on mutual aid instead of self-preservation. It's about dismantling systems predicated on death and violence, and replacing it with networks that care for everyone's fundamental needs. What would the country look like if the hundreds of billions of dollars spent on policing right now was redirected toward housing, food, and education? What if instead of building more overcrowded prisons, cities and states invested that money in things that improved people's lives, like healthcare and transportation? Focusing on individual needs and investing in things that support strong and resilient communities, mutual aid offers a powerful alternative to the police state.
0: It's building relationships with your neighbors based on trust and common interests. It's making decisions by consensus rather than relying on authority and hierarchy. It's sharing things rather than hoarding things. It's treating no one as disposable. It's providing all kinds of support ranging from food prep to childcare, to translation, to emotional support, to recognizing the value in all of them. It's a political education opportunity where we build relationships and analysis to understand why we're actually in the conditions that we're in. This is critically important. It's a preparation for the next disaster, natural or economic. Next time around, we'll have relationships already with each other, and know who is vulnerable, and know who needs support, therefore making life more survivable for all of us.
1: The nationwide protests against police brutality put a spotlight on the different ways mutual aid networks support their neighbors. It should come as no surprise that mutual aid has been popular among Black communities, as well as other groups often excluded from government assistance, such as Chinese, Indigenous, and Latino communities. But the idea of mutual aid, and the term itself, has become much more widespread since the pandemic began. Hundreds of new groups have popped up around the country just in the last few months. And those that already existed have seen a massive surge in support. Chances are there is at least one mutual aid group active where you live.
0: Actually, the reality is you probably already practice some form of mutual aid just by having people in your life who you can count on for support and who can count on you in return. And oftentimes for people who are in marginalized or criminalized communities, organized mutual aid can be a way that we survive and a way that we thrive. In the current moment that we're in now, you all probably have heard of community bail funds, bystander intervention programs, and cop watches food distribution projects, those are all recent examples of where the strategies of mutual aid find themselves and where you can kind of see people taking that together.
1: Now more than ever, Americans are realizing that the current system doesn't work and needs to be replaced. When the pandemic began and places started shutting down, millions of people lost their jobs and were struggling to stay safe. The government's response? send everyone a check for $1,200 and wish them good luck. Partisan quarreling in Washington has consistently stalled and weakened any attempts to help regular Americans, and too much pandemic relief went to multi-million dollar corporations rather than alleviating the hardships suffered by families and small businesses. With no other help coming, people took it upon themselves to help their neighbors. Some delivered groceries to the elderly, while others distributed personal protective equipment to people working on the front lines. Others raised money for the nearly 10 million Americans who fell behind on rent during the pandemic. Mutual aid has also proven effective after hurricanes and other natural disasters. Just recently, state and regional public power utilities coordinated a mutual aid network to restore power for those affected by Hurricane Ida.
0: And at this moment of a global pandemic, it's really evident that the structures of our society leading to inequality and, and systemic oppression are harming so many of us. We're all in the same boat to some degree, except for those one percenters who can fly out and live on an island somewhere. So we know as folks who aren't in the one percent that we have to create actual new structures of collective care that can actually help us through this crisis and through this period and prepare us for the next crisis that will come. Because we know the next crisis is around the corner, especially for those of you who are doing work around climate change, you know that we are facing disastrous potential outcomes around that. And they're already happening in other parts of the world. And sometimes here, we've seen that with Hurricane Harvey and Maria and all the ways that kind of we are dealing with the effects of climate change.
1: What makes mutual aid so powerful as a blueprint for society is that it considers individuals' needs and capacities in order to build sustainable local networks rather than relying on external charity. Compared to larger nonprofit disaster efforts, which need to pay for salaries and other overhead expenses, many mutual aid groups are volunteer-led and thus able to use most of their funds for resources and supplies. Most importantly, mutual aid offers each of us a chance to do something useful in our community right now. We don't have to wait for the next election or feel powerless when we or our neighbors need a helping hand.
0: Many people have been hearing about mutual aid, especially during this COVID pandemic uh, where we really, really started with shutdowns. And since then, so many mutual aid networks, mutual aid projects have emerged, literally thousands and thousands and thousands of them across the US, but even more tens of thousands across the world. And this is an exciting opportunity and an exciting moment because mutual aid is so critically important and has such an impact on the ability for all of us to be able to care for ourselves and care for each other.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Small Black Birds. Miriam Kaba deserves so much respect and credit for her decades of work to help others trapped in a harmful system. Along with advocating for abolishing police and prisons, which is discussed in another episode, Abolition is Essential, Part 1, she is the founder of Project Nia an organization working to end the youth incarceration, and author of We Do This Till We Free Us, a must-read book about these issues that finds hope for a better tomorrow through collective action. Did I get this story right? Let me know at smallblackbirdspodcast at gmail.com. Want to protect your right to protest? Go to www.rightsanddissent.org. Stay safe and talk with you soon. She is not the plan